Welcome to Brad Tuttle Ministries Podcast, a place to be inspired and encouraged to live your life all out for Christ. Here are your podcast hosts, Brad and Jana Tuttle. Welcome to Brad uh, Tuttle Ministries Podcast. Welcome. (laughs) It's great to have everybody here today. We're going to talk about marriage on this particular um, discussion with Jana and I. So we want to say, first of all, that we are not going to do this in a way of trying to do marriage counseling. We're not going to get into that in a real deep way in that aspect. But we're just going to talk a little bit about, try to encourage Um, some husbands and some wives and you know give you some some insight into how to potentially help your marriage to be fruitful and effective and loving and pleasing to God Uh, we're not experts Um, you know everybody deals with different things but we've been married for 19 years now some of you that'll watch that'll listen to this or watch this um, have been married longer than us some less so Again, we're not experts at all of this, but we work really hard to, to have a marriage that that pleases God. So that's what we want to do for you. Before we start, I wanted to read something that I came across actually this morning that's pretty funny, and it has to do with marriage. and And it's a little story out of the out of the Saturday Evening Post. So let me put on my reading glasses. <laughs> And let me let me read this. It's funny. It's funny. It's called the Seven Ages of the Married Cold. It revealed the reaction of a husband to his wife's colds, like her, you know, feeling good, during their first seven years of marriage. And it goes something like this: The first year, he says, "Sugar dumpling, I'm really worried about my baby girl. You've got a bad sniffle, and there's no telling about these things with all this strep throat going around." I'm putting you in the hospital this afternoon for a general checkup and a good rest. I know the food's lousy in the hospital, but I'll be bringing you meals in from Rosini's. I've already got it all arranged with the floor superintendent. The second year, listen, darling, I don't like the sound of that cough. I called Doc Miller and asked him to rush over here. Now you got to go to bed like a good girl, please. Third year, maybe you better lie down, honey. Nothing like a little rest when you feel lousy. I'll bring you something to eat. Have you got any canned soup? The fourth year. Now look, dear, be sensible. After you've fed the kids, washed the dishes, and finished the floor, you better lie down. Oh, no. The fifth year. Why don't you take a couple of aspirin? The sixth year. I wish you'd just gargle or something instead of sitting around all evening barking like a seal. The seventh year. For Pete's sake, stop sneezing. Are you trying to give me pneumonia? says that a client of marriage is seen through the common cold, a funny look at a not-so-funny reality. And I ask, this had it, and I ask all of us, are you still treating, especially from the men's point of view, are you still treating the woman you married the same way you did when you were dating or when you first got married? And that's kind of the key, as we're going to talk about today, is, you know, it's not supposed to, as marriage gets, we get longer into it yes, that you know things caring. change yeah less caring less concern <laughs> less compassion so you know what i have to say this i have to tell on myself because that is hilarious uh just living in texas 
there are allergies here um, because we don't really have a cold, cold winter to freeze off and kill off everything. So my husband, the other day, he was coughing. He had been coughing for a few days just for allergies. And it was so funny, y'all. <laughs> I looked at him and, it, and my delivery was so sweet. But I go, honey, are, are you covering your mouth? Are you coughing everywhere? So that, you know, me and Dolly get this. And it was so cute. He he went and he uh, used the little hand sanitizer. He said, I've sanitized, but we were laughing the whole time. So that story just called me out on that. That's right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, um, you know, something that we thought about, like, like Brad said, we've been married 19 years and some of you have been married so much longer and you could give us pointers, but we've been married longer than some of you. So we just wanted to open up to you and let you know, again, we're not marriage counselors, but, but there are some things that we have put in place that we know works and it works well for us. And we're praying that it would be a blessing to you. You know, um, before we start about the role of the man, you know, the husband or the role of the woman, the wife in a marriage, uh, something that we were thinking about is, you know, when you're going to build something, you're going to build a building, you're going to build a house, it first has to be built on a solid, firm foundation. And if it is not, if that foundation has not been laid in place, settled, set, then anything that is going to be constructed on that is going to falter if it is a faulty foundation. It's not going to be built correct. And so um, we, we want to first uh, encourage you, um, here's the thing, wherever you are in your, your marriage, maybe you've had problems, maybe you've spoken things you should have never spoken to each other, um, you know, wherever you're at, know that there's no condemnation in Christ. Know that you can ask for forgiveness uh, from God and to your spouse. And his mercies are renewed daily. Today can be a new day. Um, once we talk about this foundation, you might see areas in your marriage of, wow, you know what? No wonder our foundation has a big crack in it or no wonder it's like this. And you know what? We can repair that in Jesus' name. You know, there is always hope and nothing is impossible with God. So what we want to start out with is that foundation. And as a Christian, our foundation is built upon Christ, the solid rock in which we stand. And then when two Christians come together, the marriage is built on Christ. You know, on that solid rock, we will stand. And we build that foundation of marriage on the principles and the guidelines of God's word. And that's what we live by. That's what we live by individually and together. And if that foundation is not set on Christ, then honestly, um, there's going to be some problems. You're going to start seeing some cracks in the wall uh, of your marriage. You're going to start seeing some shifting and some things that should not be. So, so we want to always start with the Word of God. So that's why we're going to bring the Word to you right now where it talks about uh, just the role of the husband and the role of the wife to encourage you. And again, make those adjustments. You know, uh, I will say this before we start, that there is so many different factors that uh, play into a marriage. Um, you know, your upbringing, learn behavior from your parents, what you saw 
a marriage was maybe not what it should have been but what it was in reality and so he comes into the marriage living his life before you ever came into it his habits his mindsets what he saw his parents um you know their marriage was like the wife comes in the woman comes in now with the same thing her her set um maybe personality her set ways of doing things how she saw a marriage was um role modeled from her parents and so now you both come together and i almost liken it like this he comes in you come in you come together and there is a transition because now you're bringing all of that and then when you have kids that even exposes more of your upbringing and stuff and those are all different factors uh financial problems uh, things pulling at you, sickness, all the responsibilities of life. And so what you have to make sure is that you have your firm-footed stability in Christ and that marriage is built on that. Because you know what? That's one thing that will never, ever falter. That when you say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, no matter what is happening around you, no matter what comes against you, you know that your marriage is going to be built on that firm foundation. I, I heard um, a precious woman of God uh, one time said, and I thought this was so good, she said that before she ever got married to her husband, she tried to think of anything and everything he could ever do that would make her so angry and make her not want to forgive him. And she wrote it down. And it, it made me giggle because I think that's hilarious right before you get married just to think that way. And she said herself, and she went through the list and said, Lord, I forgive him. So when they got married and some of those things came up, she said, you know what? I already forgave him. So it was a mindset. It was a mindset that she was coming into. So we want to start in Ephesians and just read, with, uh, read to you just the role of a husband and a wife. So, honey. You know, and as we sit here we know that somebody might be watching and and um again it's difficult to do we can't there's some marriages that are they've been damaged and someone's yes. been unfaithful or or things have happened and yes. we you know what we're doing today we, we don't want to say that everything that this is all the answers but yes. if that's you we're praying for you we're believing that yes. marriage can be restored we're believing for um for, for, for there to be reconciliation there, just so you know that. Yes. Uh, but I think one of the greatest verses, and I'm going to touch a little bit on Proverbs uh, about the role of the husband and a little bit of the wife too um, after this, but I think one of the greatest scripture verses, and coming from the husband point of view, and then Jana will hit a little bit on the wife, um, is found in Ephesians chapter 5 in, in verse 25 and in verse 26 um, and verse 27. <laughs> and uh, so whenever I do a marriage ceremony, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, 20, these verses are a main context of what I do for a marriage ceremony because I think they're foundational. Yes. Um, you know, she was talking about the foundation. You know, the foundation of our marriage is commitment. Yes. It's not feelings because as I'll say it's in a positive way because, you know, when you probably first met your wife, you know, you had all the you know, the stomach turning and, you know, the, the, you know, the, all that stuff going on. And then, you know, you get married and 
And it's not that, that the feelings leave, it's just that the newness of it, you know, like anything else, is not necessarily going to be there, although the feelings yeah. can be deeper. And so my point is, but what it's built on is commitment. That's right. You made a commitment to her, she made a commitment to you, but we also make a commitment to God and a commitment to his word. So it's ultimately the foundation of our marriage is not feelings, because feelings can come and go, um, yes. but it's based on and built on our commitment. And this is a huge commitment from the husband's point of view and how he's supposed to be toward his wife. Yes. Um, I'm going to read it. A lot of you know it. I know some guys, when you, they know you're going to go to this one, it's like, oh, please don't do that verse. But it's a deep <laughs> verse, and it's really powerful. Yeah. And we won't you know, expound on it too long, but let me read it. It says, husbands, love your wives. And it doesn't just stop there. It gives an example. Who's the example of how we're supposed to love our wives? It says, as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. In verse 26, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. First of all, we are called as husbands to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave, him up, gave himself up for her. And if I could think of one word that describes that verse, it would be the word sacrificially. Um, Jesus loved his bride. When they're regarding the church, they're talking about his bride. And he loved his bride, the church, so much that he was willing to sacrifice himself on her behalf. So the husband's called, and, and uh, you know, there's other verses that talk about we're supposed to love our, our wives as much as we love our bodies, and as much as we try to take care of ourselves, you know, because it's talking about you really try to make sure you're okay, but you're supposed to put your wife in front of that and make, she's even, make sure she's okay even before you're making sure that your needs are met. And so coming from my perspective as a guy who, you know, goes, tries to go to the gym and tries to do protein drinks and all this stuff, as much as I want to try to take care of myself, I'm supposed to be putting her before that. So really, before I make my breakfast, I should be asking her, hey, babe, can I make you some breakfast? <laughs> Is that why you asked it, me that that's this right. morning? <laughs> it doesn't mean you got to cook every meal or be the one that cooks dinner. If you're not a good cook, don't worry about that. Yes. But um, this is one of those things where we are supposed to sacrificially love our wives. And so the word sacrifice is powerful. How much did Jesus love the church? We love the church so much that he was willing to die for yes. the church. Not only die for the church, but he's willing to, to love, her, love the church sacrificially. So he sacrificed his body. Uh, he was beaten. He yes. was flogged. He was, he was spit on. He was mocked. He was reviled. Um, they made him carry his cross. He was punished. Um, You've got to think of all the things. And I did this on a podcast, but doctors have documented the fact that Jesus probably would have lost so much blood that the normal person would have gone into hypovolemic shock. And remember, he was all God, but he was also all man so he felt the blows he felt the blood loss he dealt with all that stuff he dealt with the spice going through his wrist he dealt with the pain of the spice going through his feet he dealt with the pain of hanging on the cross where gravity would have come into contact with his body and probably separated his shoulders out of joint as the gravity pushed down on his body he went through all of that for what for who for his bride so he loved his bride so much he was willing to sacrifice lay his life down lay down himself for her because he loved her that much and it's convicting because we as husbands are called to love our wives that way 
and you wonder what should the foundation of your church of your life and your marriage be yes. built on as a married couple from the husband's perspective it should be built on the commitment of loving her enough that you're willing to sacrifice who you are your desires your needs and literally you know some guys are saying don't say it i'll say it putting her first and putting her first in everything that you do you're it's not that the wife, the Bible says, is a weaker vessel that she's not able to handle things, but in the sense that the man is called to be the leader, he's called to be the protector, he's called to be the one that, you know, is the is the shepherd in that family and watches out for the sheep and helps um, guard them and protect them. And mm -hmm. so, as a man, as a husband, we are called to love our wives, to put them first, and to make sure that their needs are met. To love her sacrificially as Christ loved the church. And then real quick, it talks about how he sanctified her, cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. That ha that's talking about you're supposed to be a spiritual leader. So not only is the husband supposed to love his wife sacrificially, but you're also supposed to love her as Christ loved the church and purified her and washed her with water and washed her by the word. He, he, he sanctified his bride to make her prepared for that wedding day. You're supposed to be a husband who sanctifies your wife, who washes her, cleanses her by the washing of water with the word. So you can present her before the Father in all her splendor. So as her being your bride, you're supposed to be, and this is challenging for husbands, and I've seen this in the church a whole lot in a negative way, where the women lead the home spiritually. They, they are the ones that pray. They are the ones that even come to find out what church they're supposed to go to while the husbands stay home. And man, I'll tell you something. If that can convicts you, then you know what it should. Because we as men, we're supposed to be not only loving our wives sacrificially, but we're supposed to be the spiritual leaders in the home. Yeah. doesn't diminish anything about the wife. They can be still great, powerful women of God, right. uh, filled with the power of the Spirit. But the man, yes. you're called to present her as a bride cleansed and sanctified before the Father. And so that's our role to make sure that we are leading them in Bible studies, that we are praying with them, that we are the ones that in general are the spiritual leaders of the home. We are the ones that shouldn't be our wife said, hey man, get out of bed, we gotta go to church this morning. You're like, well, I don't wanna go. We're supposed to be the ones that say, come on babe, come on kids, come on you guys, let's get ready. We're going to church, enjoy the Lord. We're gonna go there, I'm gonna lead you there. And that's the way we're supposed to be as men and husbands and the way that we treat our wives yes. and the way that we love her sacrificially and the way that we lead them spiritually. So, again, it's challenging, it's convicting, yes. but from the husband's role, that's part of how we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to love our wives as husbands. That is so powerful. You know, um, I wanted to say this, too. I, you know, we all have different personalities, too, and the Lord uh, designed us like that. We're all very unique, and uh, there's so many tests out there about personalities, and I, you know, the uh, DISC test and all of this, where um, you can learn about yourself, your strengths and your weaknesses, and I believe, I'm bringing this into the subject because I believe, too, that uh, this plays <coughs> a role in all of this is... Um, you know, <laughs> you know what I just thought of when he Got did that it. allergy where, going on. I'm like, where's the hand cleaner? <laughs> That's so funny. Um, <laughs> I love you. I know. I'm like, oh my, Lysol them. Um, but seriously, personalities do play a role. 
And um, there's something like you could just take a test, you could Google it to see where your strengths and your weaknesses are. Yes. Um, because as, okay, for instance, some women, and we're about to talk about the role of the, the wife, some women are more, they have a tendency and a temperament more to uh, being submissive, probably in a sweeter way. Uh, that's me. <laughs> um, there might be some women that there's a stronger personality, and um, that might be a weakness in them that just to submit is a little bit harder for them. Mm. Um, so I think it's very important for women, especially that we understand the strengths and weaknesses, and then what we can do is we can uh, pray about those, be aware of them. Um, so anyway, before I read this, I wanted just to say that to you, because I really, I really truly believe that can be uh, something that uh, helps you in this. Also to understand that Jesus was the perfect uh, balance of every personality. So when he had to confront, he confronted, but he was loving. And so in Ephesians chapter 5, um, it says in verse 22, wives, Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And then verse 27, at the end of it, it says, um, well, really, let's go to verse 33. It says at the end of it, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So it is so important. You know, women want to be cherished. They want to be uh, protected. They want to be cared for. That is so important to us, uh, that stability. But also, uh, for men, it is so important that they be respected, that they be submitted to. Um, when a wife does not do that, it can emasculate her husband, especially when it's in front of people. And so it's so important to understand why the Word of God is being brought forth in those, because it's a need that when God created man and woman, he created woman out of man, out of his rib, Adam, Eve. And so they became their one flesh. And so when we come uh, before the Father and we get married, we become one flesh with our spouse. And so it's so important. He designed us to be able to not only have those needs, but fulfill those needs in each other. So women, you might be thinking, what does this mean? So I'm going to read um, to you just a little bit out of my Bible commentary that uh, will help you with submission in that respect. It says, the wife is called to submit to her husband as to the Lord, to respect, regard, and deeply care for him, to reverence him and to be in awe of him. This points toward her serving her husband, honoring him, and edifying him, which means building him up, her attitude, according to this terminology, as to the Lord, is to be one of the highest esteem and regard. And so, um, you know, for me, it might be a little easier, more easy. Is that how you say that? Easier. <laughs> um, again, because of temperament, uh, being very loving, words of affirmation. That's how I show my love language. Um you know, but just to honor him and to respect him, to submit to him, to treat him as I would want to be treated behind closed doors and in front of people. And again, nobody is perfect. No marriage is perfect. We all have gone through stuff. We are all growing and learning. Um, you know what? 
when there's arguments or disagreements, um, something that we have always tried to live by too is don't go to sleep. You know, don't let the sun go down on your anger. The Lord talks about in the word because it gives an opportunity for the enemy to come in, uh, bitterness and stuff. So if there's something we disagree about, uh, we're pretty quick about coming to each other, asking for forgiveness and in trying to um, get that right. And so for a wife, I don't know if your husband, you know, there's a book called The Five Love Languages. And that's another thing, women, I would uh, encourage you to uh, read, maybe study, to understand what our love language is, if it's physical touch, words of affirmation. So if you're somebody who words of affirmation mean a lot to you, I'm like that. Um, you know, for you to encourage me, say I did a good job, say I'm beautiful for my husband, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, it means the world, but also for someone that words of affirmation is everything. If somebody is cutting to you, especially your husband, um, that can really affect you where somebody else, if words of affirmation is nothing, you could just blow it off. Somebody that that is their love language, that could just crush you. So it's good to understand that in a marriage, just um, love language. His is um, how he shows me. It's acts of service. It's stuff he does and gifts. Me, it's that affirmation, that physical touch, just touching him. Just That's how I show a love language. So, so some of these things are so helpful, I feel. And again, just respecting him. And, and if there's been things that have gone on in your marriage where you're saying, I have a hard time respecting him. You know, something that I say to you, we all need <laughs> Do you want to share it? Well, if your wife likes if your wife's love language is she likes physical touch. Um, you know, to any husband out there, let me give you some insight. That doesn't mean you poke like, hey, or you know, you pat him on the head or pat him on the back. I mean, that's, you know, it, it goes a little bit farther, maybe holding hands and, you know, petting them on the back. Don't poke. Because that might make them mad. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like physical it's touch. It's loving isn't, physical Hey, I love touch. you. You know, it's different than that. That's funny, but yeah. Not that I've ever done that. <laughs> it's funny. No, it's good, but... Um, Can I say this too? Please. A lot of times, secular, in the secular world... You all know this. I'm not going to even beat this dead horse, but you know, when women hear the word submit, it's like they hate it. You know, feminism comes in, and I'm not going to submit to anybody. I'm as equal as a man. As a, in, in, the, in the Christian world, as believers come together, and, the, and people who are in Christ, that, that's, that's, it's not like that. Yeah. So when you're talking about submission, you, here's the thing, and some, there might be a, a wife out there going, but my husband is a jerk. He has not been loving to me. How yeah. can, it's really hard for me to submit. And here's the word I'll give you as far as the wife is concerned. Hey, man, I know that's not easy. Yeah. And he's not leading you spiritually. And he comes home and, you know, gives everything to everybody at work and doesn't give anything to you. Yeah. My, my, my answer for that is it, you need to begin to pray for him. That's right. Because prayer can change things and prayer can change people. So I would say, wife... If you haven't really prayed for him, and I mean, I'm not talking about little token prayers. I mean, really getting on your face before God, crying out to God for your husband to change. Holy Spirit, change him. Holy Spirit, expose him. Convict him. Yeah. Convict him of where he is. Convict him of, of a need for change and, 
and that type of thing really pressing in in prayer i promise you it's going to work but begin to do that because you'll you'll begin to see him change and you know something this is funny but when brad said that it's not prayers like lord get him you know yeah, man. <laughs> um, that's not of god <laughs> so i want to talk to you too about something uh facebook um, social media and ladies this is especially important for you um, you know it's so easy in marriage and in life to compare yourself to other people other people's relationship and we don't want to do that you know I really believe that I have a friend that calls Facebook the Facebook of discontentment and she says that because she said people usually will just put up post of their perfect life uh, that has been filtered, you know, all the photos and stuff, but they don't let you know about the argument maybe they have with their husband or their the, the hard time they're having in their life. And so I want to uh, encourage us not to compare ourselves to, not to compare our marriage with other people's because um, every marriage is different and you never know what the truth is really in some marriages so I just wanted to encourage you in that also. Is there Amen. some is there some verses you wanted? Well, we already we hit Ephesians five yeah. uh, with the husband and the wife. So I thought before we we left, we would uh, hit some out of Proverbs. Okay. So Proverbs being the book of wisdom, which teaches us how to live our lives the right way. I'm going to share some, and, and I'll, what I'll do is I'm going to say the chapter and the verse. You can write it down if you want. I'm not going to read the verse, okay. but I'll kind of say what it has to do as far as regarding marriage. And I'll do the, the husband first, and then I'll read some out of Proverbs real quick about the wife. So um, when it comes to the aspect of the husband and the wife in Proverbs, a lot of it deals with the husband. So there's a lot more um, wisdom given to the husband, actually, than there is to that of uh, being a virtuous uh, wife. So let me read some of those. Uh, Proverbs 18.22 and Proverbs 19.14 talk about how the husband should value his wife highly. He realizes that she's a gift from God, um, especially when she proves to be a prudent wife. Um, how to be a prudent wife is Proverbs chapter 30. You'll 31. Learn, 31, you'll learn how to be a, a virtuous and prudent wife. Another one is Proverbs 31, 31. Um, he gives his wife her due. In other words, you know, he, he compliments his wife. One of the things that I definitely, and even this goes back to yeah. the verses in Ephesians 5, that a husband really should make sure he's doing is that he wants his wife to be used fully in all that God has created her to yes. be. So a husband should tr be trying to help his wife to be developed in the area of all of her spiritual giftings and her calling from yes. God, because that wife has a specific calling from God, whatever that may be. Well, that husband needs to play the role of trying to help her. And I think I do a decent job of that with my wife, trying to push her forward to continue moving in her calling from God. So giving her wife her due, allowing uh, the wife um, the opportunity to develop her own abilities. So guys, it, it, husbands, it's not just all about you. Um, I don't want to smash your bubble, but it ain't all about you. It's about <laughs> your wife developing her abilities yes. in God, letting her reap the benefits of her own labors. Yeah. Um, 
So another one is found in Proverbs 31, 28, 28b through 29, talks about how he praises his wife profusely. In other words, the good husband, the ideal husband, praises his wife frequently. He doesn't take her for granted. So if you're a husband out there, this book of wisdom is telling you, do not take your wife for granted. So see the great in her. See the yes. things she does that you know are wonderful things in God and compliment her on those things. And rather, whatever her love language is, everybody likes to be recognized. Everybody likes to be encouraged. Everybody likes to be complimented when they're doing um, when they're doing good things. So make sure you're doing that. Another one is found in Proverbs 31.11. So this is funny. The Proverbs 31 chapter, that really we look at being about a virtuous woman, has a lot in it about how to be an ideal husband. So if Proverbs 31.11 deals with the husband trusting his wife implicitly. And man, if there's one thing I know that I do about my wife is that I trust her implicit. I trust her judgment um, yeah, I'm the leader of the home, but I go to my wife. We co we co co do this uh, husband and wife thing, and we co make decisions. And I know the final decision the Bible will talk about is you know is the husband's you know coming to that decision. But we we come together on everything that we do. I'm always asking her advice because she's a woman of God and she prays and she's in the Word. So I I depend on that wisdom that she has. So trust your wife implicitly. Um, never be jealous of your wife. Never be jealous of the accolades your wife may get and you may not get. You know, applaud that. Man, I'm, I'm excited that my wife was involved in something yeah. yesterday that I was there watching her do. And she did awesome at it. And I enjoy doing it too. And I was thinking, man, you know, I, I want her to get as good as me at it or better than me. I won't let her do that, but I'm going <laughs> to keep. But anyway, I want her to excel. I want her to move forward in the things that she does. Um, and lastly, Proverbs chapter 5, verses 15 through 21, he's supposed to be content with his wife's love. So the ideal husband is content with the love from his wife. He's not looking for it anywhere else. Yes. He's not looking for it from anybody else. No one at work, no one anywhere. He's getting, he's content with his wife's love. And uh, I will say this, a lot of men have made that mistake of not being content with his wife's love. And trying to find us somewhere else and it's destroyed their family, destroyed their children, destroyed their home. So it says, be content with your wife's love. And so those are some things about how to be an ideal husband. And a lot of you already know um, about wives. She should be compassionate. She should be one of a woman of strong character. And although my wife is very tender and she's soft-spoken, she has strong character. She's a woman of God. Um, a, a wise woman, an ideal wife, speaks words of wisdom and kindness, builds her husband up with those words of, even if he's being a jerk, you're still <laughs> speaking words of wisdom. You're loving him, you're heaping hot coals of fire on his head. Of course, he's not your enemy, but you are still loving him and speaking words of kindness and wisdom. Um, you know, a good, a, a virtuous woman and an ideal wife, she's diligently seen to her, not only her family's needs, but her husband's need as well. Um, and she's also, lastly, I think one of the greatest ones to be an ideal wife. She's a woman who fears the Lord. Yes. And so those are some things that we hope that uh, each, hu the, each husband out there who's watching us and each wife out there can yeah. grab a hold of and they can help. You know, it's not always about God fix the other person. It's about God fix me. Where I'm short, where my shortcomings are, where I, places I need change, 
it's always good for each one of us to go into our prayer closet and say, Lord God, how can I change? Show me, help me change, and I'll make those decisions, and I'll do my part to make sure these changes come to pass in my life. Because you know what? When uh, you focus on you, then you can trust God to focus on the other person mm, because God knows the heart of the other person. Um, he's omniscient. He's all-knowing. So if you will just focus on you, you can entrust them again with your spouse. And, um, you know, as we're closing right now, we, we hope you were encouraged. I hope you got a laugh or two out of it. And um, also, like we've said, we're not marriage counselors, but we do believe the Word of God, the written Word of God. And we do believe with God all things are possible, no matter what state your marriage is in. You know, we've heard so many testimonies mm -hmm. of people who they were on the brink of divorce. I mean, they were going to the lawyer and they started praying. They started allowing the Lord, you know, submitting to the Lord and what he was asking them to do in their marriage. And now their marriage is being rebuilt. It's flourishing. And so wherever you're at, there's always hope. Um, we Again, we ask that you would go to these uh, verses and Proverbs and, and Ephesians and study and meditate on them. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you, reveal to you if there's any areas in your life where you are falling short of that, respecting your husband, honoring him, or cherishing your wife. And he will lead you. He will guide you. And we just pray that uh, you have a marriage that's heaven on earth. You know, again, there's so many things that are pulling at us. And so um, if we can have that firm foundation, we're able to survive this life, thrive in it, and be able to do everything that God's called us to do as a couple. Amen. And make sure you are praying together. One of the most foundational things you can do as a husband and a wife is make sure that you yes. are praying together. So yeah. however, however you got to work that out, make sure you guys start, even if it's got to start with a minute, and I know that sounds funny, but if you're not praying together, start with a minute, start, yes. you know, don't, you know, don't, don't even make, you know, big goals like five minutes, but five minutes and 10, 15, spend time in prayer together make sure you're doing that too. So anyway, we hope this has been a help for you and uh, we, we pray yes. for your marriage. We believe your marriage is going to be reconciled if it needs it. And if it's just something that needs a little um, you know, push a little, a little encouragement. We pray it's been encouraged today yes. and that you guys will begin to apply these principles and this, and it's the word. It's, it's the word. The greatest marriage counselor is the word of God. So we, we just want you, your marriage to be encouraged and to be strengthened and to be built up. So yes. I'm glad that you all spent time with us today. Yes, I am too. And I'm sure my, and I know my beautiful wife is, so, um, yes. we love you. I love her. I know she loves me. <laughs> So let's just keep the love going, man, and let's just keep our marriages, let's keep our marriages going strong. Amen. Do you agree with me? Do you agree with me? I do. Amen. So thanks for tuning in, right? Are we yeah, closing now? we are. Okay. Thanks for tuning in. You need to close with your beautiful voice. Okay, y'all. Well, thank you so much for uh, tuning in with us today. We hope that you were blessed. We hope you were encouraged and challenged. Until next time, goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast. We pray that you were inspired and encouraged. And until next time, remember to live all out for Jesus Christ. God bless you, and we'll see you next time.